Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad recap episode. We're up to episode five of season four, Shotgun. This first aired on the 14th of August, 2011. It was written by Thomas Schnauz and directed by our good friend Michelle McLaren. And an interesting one. I'm intrigued to find out our thoughts on this one this week, as I am with every single one of these episodes, let's be honest. My name is Ben, and hello. Would you like to try our breakfast chicken chalupa combo meal? (laughs) My name's Nick, and uh, you want to stand there dicking around or you want to suit up and get to work? I want to stand here dicking around (laughs) because I want to hear you say ducking around again um, in that glorious accent. Um, Yeah, Shotgun. Um, It's an episode of Breaking Bad. It's it's decent, uh, I will say that. I'm not saying I hate this episode. I'm not saying I love this episode. Um, We talked about last week how our last couple of episodes, we've sort of talked them up highly and a lot of people talked them down. And I think I mentioned that um, this episode, according to The Ringer, was even voted worse than last week. So this is, I'm looking at it right now, the third worst episode of Breaking Bad, according to TheRinger.com, which I will say right now, I do not agree with. This is not the third worst episode of Breaking Bad, but I don't know if I'd put it in the top three episodes of Breaking Bad ever, uh, somewhere in the middle there. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting episode. It gets some really good Jesse stuff. And I think kind of it's what they're doing with Jesse all of a sudden now is very different. And I always forget when I watch this show where Jesse goes in season four. So I kind of like sort of what they do with him and kind of transitioning him to what he was doing at the beginning of this one. So, um, yeah, some interesting Jesse and other things to go on in this episode. Yeah, and I think transition's the word, right? Like because it's it's kind of that transition of, of who he was, you know, and and he starts hanging out with different people. He's he's in a new crowd um, in this episode with Mike, and and so you kind of get a different story as a result. So yeah, it's definitely kind of a, a bit of a mode shift for for Jesse, which I think is is really interesting to talk through. So yeah, I think it's great. I think there's some really really good stuff in this episode. Um, and again, I think it's a little bit of that kind of world building that we kind of talked about last week. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's lots of fun to be had. I, I also would disagree that I don't think it's the, the third worst by any means. I think it's a, I think it's a really, really solid episode. Um, and, you know, like I think, like we keep saying, we're on the kind of the Breaking Bad continuum where, you know, like what's considered to be good is different on the show compared to other shows. Like everything's good. It's just a shade of good in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I really like this episode. Which... Just to point out, the ringer does not have in their bottom three episodes IFT or fly. So, <laughs> yeah. just just saying, just pointing it out there. No offense to the the steam's writing staff at the ringer. I'm sure you're all very intelligent individuals with great opinions. Just don't necessarily agree with them. So you know, they'd hello pro- to all our good friends probably, at the ringer. They'd probably like Sal Perry. Let's be honest. Yeah, I reckon they would. Uh, honestly, they'd be like, "Oh, this is art." This is, you know, really intelligent, <laughs> like the way that the plane crashes and, you know, I love my daughter. I can't even remember that crappy line from that. But, um, you know, they're the, they're the type of people that would like Julian McMahon and FBI Most Wanted over Nip Tuck, right? You know, just, um, yeah. yeah, watch some of that. That was an interesting show to watch. Anyway, um, we need to talk about Breaking Bad coming soon. FBI Most Wanted recaps to the Oz Network, probably not. Uh, we'll get through Friends first. There's our reference. Ticket off the list. Ding, ding, ding. I'll be there for you. Anyway, um, we start this episode off pretty uh, pretty tense-filled, isn't it? Uh, sort of Walt speeding through the, the suburbs of Albuquerque. He's obviously worried about Jesse's uh, fate, essentially. We sort of ended last week with him not really knowing where um, Jesse is. I do kind of like this, the shots they've got here of this drive when sort of the, you've got this real close-up of the seatbelt, kind of like, hey, guess what? Walt's not wearing his seatbelt. Okay, 
thanks for that one. Um, but he's ringing up Soul and basically telling Soul, like, listen to me, like, if like, you don't hear from me, is it is it a day or an hour? I think it's a day, isn't it? Um, give the money, every cent of it, to, to Skylar and Flame. I don't care if you dump it in garbage bags, you need to give it to them. Um, and then he calmly calls Skylar, and this voicemail is going to play a very key part uh, in something not only in this episode, but a very famous scene next episode, uh, basically saying that he's thinking of her, loves her and the kids, and we may or may not hear that a few more times moving forward. Um, he gets to Los Polos Hermanos, walks in. We meet our beloved manager lady. There she is again, wanting Chalupa Mills and Combo Mills. I like her. Just a uh, random lady. This might be the last time we see her, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong there. But um, Walt demands to see Gus Fring, and Walt puts on his his angry voice. He's, um, he's uh, what do you call it, um, um, Heisenberg. Oh, I've gone blank in his name. His Heisenberg voice here when he's kind of like, he's here, I've seen his car, let me speak to him. I've got to say, as much as I love our manager lady, she doesn't really do a whole lot here to appease Walt's needs. Like, I realise she's saying, he's not here, please, sir, he's not here. But Walt's just basically like, I know he's here, get him for me. And he goes and sits down and she just goes back to talking to employees. Like, shouldn't she like go back up to him five minutes later and be like, he's not here. You're not listening to me. Um, So Walt's waiting around. He's got his gun in his pocket. I should mention that. And sort of looking over his shoulder, he sees a bunch of guys show up in a car, sees a whole bunch of guys walk in. He's all nervous like, and then his phone rings and it's Mike. And Mike's basically telling him that uh, Jesse's with him. He's uh, with him for the day. There's nothing to worry about. And Walt even speaks to Jesse and Jesse's basically going like, yeah, I'm just with Mike. Like, I don't know where we are. We're going north. So uh, calming Walt down. Walt then storms out the back just to see if uh, Gus is there because he sees the camera and the room is empty and our manager friend asks him to leave. So um, there is that. But I, I just, it's it's tense. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's weird because, we know that there's nothing really to worry about in some way. Like, I guess we're about to get a scene where we maybe think Jesse's about to be killed. But I think really the way this is played, it's done in a way that the audience is kind of clued in here. We know this isn't an an episode where we don't know. This isn't like back when Walt's trying to get the money and Jesse's, you know, passed out with drugs and we don't know what's going to happen if Walt doesn't deliver the, the drugs basically in an hour to miss out on the millions of dollars, right? So it's kind of interesting how it's done that way. But Brian Cranston, we say it all the time. He's amazing here. Like just absolutely amazing. I love how we can just switch on the Heisenberg voice straight away and just kind of go that there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tense field opening to the episode. Yeah. It's interesting because like I, we kind of talked about the end of the last episode that it wasn't really like a cliffhanger as such, you know, it wasn't yeah. kind of one where it was, and, but the, the kind of opening kind of insinuates that we were hanging on to something great and we kind of come back into this big action scene and he's kind of like this, this kind of high speed, not chase, but this high speed kind of drive in the Pontiac Aztec, which is kind of like bumping up on the curbs and stuff. It's your it, favorite yeah, car. Yeah. 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 It's really good. <laughs> you know, Colby on the back. Um, and yeah. And, and so I think it's just interesting that we kind of jump in um did you notice on the, in the back there that um it's albuquerque's best burrito if you if you oh. want to go to los polos Hermanos to get the best burrito apparently it's a real restaurant we've talked about that before is, is it a mexican restaurant or is it like do you know yeah i'm not sure what it is now um but it's certainly like yes yeah, it obviously got turned into a real fast food restaurant after this i think i don't know if it was before and but, you can um, go in apparently they've got a big mural on the wall like the lost the the logo is on the wall which is a tourist right, attraction because people right. Go there and get their photo taken with it. Yeah, 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 Yeah. and and so um, yeah, no, I I think this is really good. Um, I think it kind of um just it gets to the paranoia of 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 Walt, you know that like, and, and I think probably you know this is kind of less about his worry about Jesse, if I'm being totally honest. And I, and I think it's more about his concern about what this means for him. Um, and, you know, it's kind of wrapped up in, you know, like him pretending that he's really worried about Jesse. But, you know, like I kind of think that he's more worried about himself. And, and yeah, obviously that kind of, that voicemail that he leaves for Skylar is going to be really important later on. So, yeah, I think there's lots of interesting stuff going on here for Walt. He's really, really good. Um, I think one of the things about this particular episode, and I couldn't actually find anything out about it um, that, 
that kind of um, confirmed this theory in my head, but it feels like there's been some kind of like time shift um, potentially between the filming of the first kind of four episodes in this one. Um, like people just look a little bit different. Um, and one of them here is I think the, and I know she hasn't been in the, the first episodes of season four, but this manager, I think like she just looks a bit different. Like she maybe, I don't want to get into it too, but it looks like she lost a little bit of weight maybe and just like kind of looks a little bit different. And there's going to be a couple of other characters who are more major characters in this episode who I think they just look quite different in this episode. And I wonder mm. if there was a bit of a time gap here, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't confirm it. I didn't quite get around to listening to the commentary for this episode. Didn't so, that. Um, so, so yeah, there wasn't anything in particular that, that kind of, um, like confirms my theory but it was just something that i kind of was was watching that things just look a wee bit different in this episode um and yeah just characters look a bit different which indicates there might have been a bit of a time you know time has passed in the in the real world filming of this but with absolutely no no proof on that just just a hunch on my part so yeah but i think great way to open the scene and uh, the episode and i think um you know kind of I, I do love the kind of like Mike kind of tired having to deal with Walt and his kind of you know his paranoid ways and you can just tell Mike's like oh god I have to deal with this idiot again um and I really love that I think it's really good that kind of like worn out bored Mike with dealing with with all the neuroses that come with the Walt character um I didn't notice anything about that with any of the characters. I think the only one that I kind of ever sort of question a little bit is Anna Gunn. I kind of think she kind of all of a sudden randomly just changes a lot and sort of like they pay mention to it, don't they, about a haircut, I think, at one point. But I don't know. There's yeah, just all of a well, like I mean, a subtle what, what change. Yeah. Yeah, and I think while we're talking about it, I think the other one that I, I just think that Walt um, – Walt, um, um, RJ Mitty looks like he has changed quite a lot. Oh, he's gotten older. Um, he's like hit puberty, yeah. hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and, he, and it just like he's kind of buffed up a little bit too. Like he looks like an adult in, in this episode. Well, I don't know if it's this episode, but the next episode, whenever we next see him, and I just thought, oh, that's, that's interesting that we kind of like haven't, yeah. it, like suddenly that just feels like there's been a passage of time. Um, and yeah, it just feels kind of like quite weird that, you know, just in the middle here, Anna Gunn just changes her hairstyle. Like that just feels like quite a strange thing to have done, like kind of, you know, for can you know like i mean real world people cut the hair all the time so it's not a big deal but it's just interesting that it kind of happens kind of like i guess mid season feels like an interesting time to do that um yeah and I, you know like again i uh, drop another friends reference you know when rachel just hey. suddenly just like her, her hair just suddenly changes you know like so um i suppose it does happen but um yeah it just felt like odd timing to to do that it's the, the, it's it is interesting when they do that. I mean, the worst one. I bring it up all the time. Probably mentioned on this, but uh, anyone who listens to all of our episodes out there, Chris Dixon, hello. Um, you know, we talked about a lot in our third watch recap series. The infamous one that always pissed me off is that between season four and season five, Michael Beach obviously got his head shaved, and yet the beginning of season five picks up literally like at the end of season four. So there's no time has changed. So you end season yeah. four with a full head of hair, and then the next minute he walks inside and he's got a shaved head. It's like, well, at <laughs> what point does he shave his head in five minutes going into the hospital? So that was kind of um, odd. But uh, anyway, continuity wasn't exactly Third Watch's strong suit with some of their storylines. But anyway, <laughs> um, Cynthia, she's a really good dancer. Cynthia, if you're a Rugrats fan, you'll get that song. But uh, that's the name of the manager. <laughs> Do I just make a Rugrats reference right. on the Oz Network? There you go. Um, this is her last episode, sadly. But uh, I'm seeing here, according to Breaking Bad Wiki, that her date of birth is April 18th. Year unknown. So how do they know that? Like, is it mentioned that her birthday is on the eighteenth of April? Is this something that we've missed out on? Um, so. like, like, the, like the character, like the character is, or yeah, like- they've got written here character information, date of birth, April eighteen, year unknown. So is there extended Breaking Bad media where, like, Gus gives Cynthia a birthday cake or something like that? Like, yeah. I want to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm sad. Um, yeah, very interesting. And I'm seeing here trivia. Um, according to his Instagram account, Jeremiah Butzi, who played Victor, would later uh, initially auditioned for the role of the manager of Los Polos Hermanos. So this could have been Jeremiah. There he is. Could have been Cynthia. Ah. Um, and maybe Cynthia would have been Victor. So that could have played out differently. Yeah, I, can, I can't imagine Gus like, Slitting her throat in quite such a yeah. violent manner, but you never know. I suppose it, could have, it would have been shocking. Oh, but one thing I actually want to say about Gus too is that he's so important in this season, and clearly, but he's so limited, isn't he, in terms of what we're seeing yeah. with him? I mean, outside of 
um, box cutter. We've barely seen him. What do we have? One scene with him, I think, and we get we get one this. I know we definitely get at least one or two next week. But I mean, by so design, limited, like it's it like yeah, it's by design, isn't it? It's to kind of like just ramp up the kind of Walt, you know, paranoia um, yeah. that you know, like he he wants to have a, a confrontation, but he's not able to. He's not allowed to do so because because Gus is never around. So it's it's by it's by design type of thing, which, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, it kind of works because you're almost missing him. Like, where is he? Why isn't he in mm. his office? Things like that. Um, meanwhile, out in the desert, uh, Mike basically drives Jesse to the end of a road and we think maybe that uh, Mike's about to kill Jesse. Jesse obviously thinks that. And he gets his keys in his hand and he's ready to go. He's about to defend himself, uh, essentially. And, and Mike grabs a shovel and just goes, starts digging. And then all of a sudden, Mike pulls out a bag of money, puts it in the car and Basically says we've got six more of these to go, and there's a lot of driving. So um, hurry up, get in the car. So uh, I, I mean, look, I I can't remember watching this for the first time. I don't think I ever believed that Mike was about to kill Jesse. It's kind of it's done in a way where I guess you're sort of meant to believe it. But I mean, are we realistically thinking that all of a sudden this is our beloved main character of Breaking Bad? And, I mean, it would have been shocking if this literally was him just walked out, bang, shot in the head. I mean, we'd be talking about it. It's like holy fuck, what a moment. But um, obviously, we're finding out now that. Jesse's kind of a an errand boy, really now for my kind of he's he's almost being just uh, looked after, and this is the way he's going to do it. You're going to help me out, so yeah, it's kind of not what you're expecting with it, but again, it kind of plays out well. I think Aaron Paul again. I always talk him up every single week, all of a sudden, but um, just the way he kind of looks so panicked and he gets the keys, and then all of a sudden just that sort of realization. I mean, this is a very elongated scene. This kind of quiet, nothing happening in it because it's just Mike digging in the ground, but it works. It's effective. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy it, and and I'm the same. I don't actually really remember, um, you know, watching this episode for the first time, and 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 you know, did it? What did I think was going to happen? And obviously, this is kind of led up to, you know, I guess the the background is that we know that Gus doesn't like this, you know, like he doesn't trust Jesse because he's a drug user and and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, like the groundwork has been laid that you know they could just kill him, and that, that shouldn't really be shocking in terms of the motivations of the characters involved. But I, I agree. I don't, I don't know that you're ever really supposed to think that the, that's where this is going um and, and yeah i mean it, it's hard to do that with you know like you know we're thinking about it knowing where the story goes so of course we're going to see things a little bit differently but yeah it, I, I don't think that was ever really what they were hoping for here but yeah i think this is an interesting story this kind of money pickup i think is is really cool and i i, I do like the kind of you know because i think i think the jesse character has been largely defined um, you know, through his interactions with Walt for the most part. And now we're going to see him interacting with other characters. And, and, and you know, I think that that's fun. We get to see him do something different. Um, so so I'm, I'm really interested to kind of, you know, watch this all unfold and, you know, like just see him interact with other characters. And he's always seen Walt as that kind of father figure and here's an opportunity for somebody else to come along and, and maybe give him a different perspective. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it's, a, it's very interesting. It's a good point you make with that, and I think that it's going to be a key relationship, isn't it, between these two? Kind of next season, it's kind of very important, sort of the way Jesse and Mike are together. So, yeah, it is um, it is very interesting because, if, you know, without being too spoilerific, we're eventually almost going to have, like, Mike and, and Walt fighting for the affection of Jesse almost, aren't we? So it's yeah. kind of it's sort of interesting with that. Um, we got Hank in bed. I like his T-shirt, his Team DEA Fun Run 2006. I'm sure somebody's <laughs> probably made that and put it on one of those T-shirt websites, Redbubble or something like that. I'm sure you yeah. can probably buy it. Um, but uh, he's going through Gail's notebook still, and we get a bit of a infamous line here, uh, I guess a bit of a reference to Vince Gilligan's famous quote about uh, Mr. Rogers turning into Scarface. We we basically get that quote here. He, he Hank says to um, our cop friend here that he is essentially like Scarface had sex with Mr. Rogers, which is what yeah. always Vince Gilligan has explained Walter White has. Um, and then essentially questioning connections to the blue meth, anybody out there that he feels could be have pulled the trigger. Hank says Badger and Jesse are basically the only two people that he knows related to it there. He says Badger wouldn't have done it and he doubts that Jesse would have done it and saying that him and Jesse have a history. And is this the scene where Hank basically says, like, I'm done, I have no interest in this? Like, he's he's kind of basically saying, well, hey, we've gotten Heisenberg, so I, I'm satisfied? Or is that a later scene? I feel this is a scene here where he basically tells the cop that um, this is it, that I don't want to do it anymore. 
Yeah, I think he, I think he kind of like, you know, he's in two minds really. He he kind of doesn't really want to go down the rabbit hole too much. You know, like he is he is interested, but he kind of also wants to keep a distance. You know, he's still he's still in denial here a little bit too. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's quite interesting. Um, one of the other references here is he talks about uh, is it Jimmy In and Out that he talks about, which is very close to Slip and Jimmy, which is obviously <laughs> a reference that's uh, going to come up in this universe later on. So yeah, yeah I, I I think that's quite interesting and. And so, yeah, I think kind of uh, one of the things that's interesting here is that obviously they've got this kind of worked up sketch of of um, Victor, obviously, who's the, yeah. the the person that's been seen, which they kind of show. And, um, you know, like at, at the moment, Hank doesn't really have any clear kind of connections. You know, at, at this point in the story, Hank kind of, he thinks that Gail is pretty much Heisenberg, right? Like that's kind of what we're getting here is that, um, you know, Hank thinks, he, like, I, I guess probably his thing is that he's, he's upset because like part of him always wanted to be the one to catch Heisenberg and now he's missed his opportunity. Um, so I think that's probably like explains his kind of, um, I guess his kind of apathy towards this case. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that too. It's kind of like, that's kind of where, yeah, he seemingly is coming from that. And obviously, um, you know, there, there's going to be a, a few things around this moving forward, a particular scene at the end of this, which will kind of, uh, send him back on a path to, to going after Heisenberg. But, um, yeah, it's it's sort of it's it's interesting, and I, I do kind of like just these references though to to Badger and Jesse that even he doesn't think that Jesse could be the one to kill him, you know. So it's kind of it's it's interesting that you know again it's all these little nuggets and things where kind of he's always there, isn't he? He's always like on the on the nose, but he just yeah. he just he's just can't piece it all together, which obviously we're gonna get sort of moving forward. He's 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 always so close, and he's always just there, which I think it's we always talk about how we like Hank investigating, and it's a great storyline and. Again, I've seen criticism of this show about how, oh, how dumb is it that Hank can't even get his own, you know, brother-in-law, he's right under his nose. But the more and more you watch it, you just see that, I mean, he's, he's very close, but he just he just can't quite piece it together. And then as it keeps going on, you're going to see how it all plays out. So Yeah, and it goes um, back to that whole thing that I've said a few times now of, like, of, he doesn't because he just doesn't like Walt's hiding in plain sight, he underestimates Walt. So he just never, ever puts the, those pieces of the puzzle together. And because like, it just never occurs to him that actually yeah. Walt was capable of this. And so, yeah, he like the most obvious piece, it's kind of like, I guess if you're talking about putting a, a puzzle piece together, it's like he's sitting on the last piece of the puzzle or something like that, you know, like it's actually right there, but he just can't see it. Um, yeah. And, and he's never going to. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's by design, I guess. Is you, know, you know what it is, Nick? It's it's like it's like us as a podcast, right? Like we're right under everybody's noses. Like people know we're there, but they don't really pay attention to us. Then one day we're going to get a listener, and they're going to go, "This show's actually pretty good," and it's going to take off. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be bigger than Joe Rogan. And then oh, we're right under everybody's noses the whole time. <laughs> we were right there, and people underestimated us. Right? That's what's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to get like a, a celebrity listener. Like yeah. somebody that's like an absolute, because you know, I guess like um, you know, like during lockdown and stuff, Survivor became quite popular with lots of celebrities who watched it for the first time. And one of them is going to be like, oh, Survivor Oz, Oz Network. You know, it's it's just it's guaranteed. Like you know, you say no more, really. It's going to happen that like Brian Cranston or Aaron Paul will just stumble across this and go, actually, they're pretty good, and then boom, like there yeah. it is. And yeah. this is the thing, because we pre-record these in advance, so so long in advance, it's probably already happened. By the yeah, time this is right. airing, people are going like, what are you talking about? Like, you guys were involved in the Breaking Bad reboot. You know, you played Jack and Sam, the, the two new drug dealers. <laughs> you were really famous now, you two. Jack and Sam, coming soon to AMC. <laughs> um, that who's Jack like and who's show. Sam? You're Jack. I'm Sam. Just, 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 you look more like a Jack. Um, it does sound like a really good show, actually. Um, but we get a pretty a pretty cool montage here. It's been a while since we've sort of had a sped up montage, isn't it? So Mike's in a warehouse getting another drop. Jesse's sort of saying like, oh, I know, I know what you're doing here. We used to do this with me and my boys. You know, you do a drop and do this. And I do kind of like the way Jesse's sort of standing at the car here, almost like a bodyguard, and he's like, so when do I get a gun? I get a gun, right? Um, and then he sort of goes on about how he's the guy. You know, I'm the guy that basically looks out for you and everything along those lines. And we get this cool, like, yeah, sped up montage. I love Jesse in the car, bored. 
Um, I love it when he's like trying to smoke. No, he's like blowing against the window. No, you get a few drops of fallacies, fallacies. <laughs> always, always a good fallacies drop. Um, and then eventually, you mentioned before, almost like a father figure. This is just like the kids in the car. Like, are we there yet? I'm bored. You know, Sam won't stop hitting me. All these kind of things. So eventually, Mike pulls over and basically just goes off at Jesse. Like, you are not the guy. All right. I don't know who you are. I just do as I'm told. Gus is telling me to keep you here. I don't know what you're doing, why you're doing it, but there's no why, no way that you're the guy. I had a guy, but my guy has gone. Poor Victor. Rest in peace, Victor. Uh, so I just, I like it. I like just Mike all of a sudden just being angry dad and just yelling at him. It's kind of it's kind of funny. What was that Simpsons episode? Was it was it Lisa Drew angry dad? The 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 comic strip or something along those lines. It went viral. I thought you're gonna I, th- I thought you're gonna talk about the back to Winnipeg guy. Um, oh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> what was the sign in the Simpsons? Um, Welcome to Winnipeg. We live here. What's your excuse? Um, that's that's the actual <laughs> motto of Winnipeg. Um, and I'll actually maybe I'll just lump in here too because there's probably not a, a significant enough scene to uh, include separately. But Walt's in the lab. He's doing everything by himself. He's worn out, and then his annoying watch alarm goes off, and he's going to go home and sign over the documents, which I'll separate it there. But, um, yeah, I, I like montage sped up, and that alarm that Walt has on his watch is very annoying. Yeah, no, I, I actually, like, I put down a note that I think this is actually one of the best montage time-lapse scenes that we've had because I think a, a lot of them that we've had on the show so far have been variations on the same thing they've been like a meth cooking scene or you know the old kind of um um rice and cooking scene or making scene or whatever you know so i think this one actually kind of stands out as being a little bit different um and so so i really enjoy it i think it's a lot of fun and um, i kind of like just made a bit of a note that I, like i've never really thought of jesse in the terms of being like potentially like adhd before but it's kind of <laughs> like like you just can't sit still um and i think it's like i never really kind of thought about it in those terms before but that's kind of what he's like he's just like this kid who just can't sit still really um so yeah i just i, I just think it's kind of interesting to think about it in those terms so yeah and I, I really enjoy this i think it's um it, it's kind of like a good little you know um kind of um window into the fact that jesse's gonna be jesse it doesn't matter who he's with like you know he's gonna relax pretty quickly and and you know and like getting scolded by mike is of course always going to be funny it's never not going to be fun to, to watch so so yeah i all really really good stuff yeah the, the kind of the little scene at the end is really just a setup scene that we, we're going to get more of um you know more of that story later on so that's just a you know like an add-on as you say but yeah the stuff around with mike and jesse is a lot of fun i would just say the thing about with the with the waltz scene is i do love the kind of like the the kind of you know point of view shots from inside the mask or you know like right in front of his face while he's wearing the mask i think yeah just some kind of quite um you know because there's obviously lots of scenes in this lab and it's it, i do like that they're quite inventive and creative and how they make them all look a wee bit different from each other the one thing or two i'll mention the song that he's playing it's uh 1977 i'm going to butcher this person's name anna to Tio. it's french something there sorry to our french listeners um but I really like that, and that kind of like translates across into Walt when he's uh, going through his uh, his cooking scene as well. So great! This is uh, so fast, maybe being the best soundtrack for a season so far. I think we've yeah. been praising the music so far every single episode. Um, but Walt's rushed home. He's signing the document. They're officially owners of the car wash. We've got um, this bank guy who looks like a fat Colonel Sanders. Um, no offense to people who look like Colonel Sanders who are overweight. Uh, and I do like him. He's like, I'm going to pop in next week and get my car waxed. And it's like, oh, you do that. Um, so there you go. Congratulations. You are car wash owners. And uh, as as Colonel leaves, um, Skylar's going to hear the, the voice message. And uh, apparently that leads her to being horny because they have sex. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, there's a bit of a scene here. They're talking about being completely honest with each other. You know, moving forward, we, we no more lies. Uh, to which, again, it's a bit ironic that all of a sudden she hears this message and they start fucking because we want to see these two have sex. Uh, not a, not a show. We talked about this in season one, didn't we? It's not really a, a sex filled show. There's not a whole lot, but when we do get it, here we go. And uh, I do like <laughs> just like the awkwardness of the having sex. Just just take it off. Just take it off, and they just kind of go for it there. And then yeah, boom. Um, I'm I'm really glad that and i don't mean no disrespect to 
and a gun here. But I'm glad that they didn't turn her into like a Julia from Nip Tuck where you just get annoyed with her moaning all the time. Like we always talk about Jolly Richardson's oh, sex moan. Um, like, I mean, I think this is only the second time we ever hear. No, the third time. It was what, the first episode she has sex and ugh, Ted, and now this time. And if I'm not mistaken, these are the only times we ever see her having sex. So at least she doesn't have an annoying sex moan. Good for you, Anna Gunn. And uh, she doesn't have a avocado face mask on this time as well, so yeah. it's a little bit clean. But, but um, oh, I forgot about that four sex scenes. There you go. But um, but but Walt, Walt likes the fabric softener, so you know that's, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't like it? You know, having sex, mm, fabric softener. That's that's what I'm there for. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about that being a, a horny phone message, but maybe I'll, I'll lump on there Walt Junior. I love Walt Junior arriving home the next morning, where he was like, "Come home!" It's like, "Oh God, he knows that they've had sex." Um, <laughs> and then Skylar says that maybe you should move back home, Walt. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I don't know if there's really a whole lot to talk about here about them having sex. Good for them. They're bonding literally. This is the closest, no pun intended, they'll get really for the rest of the season, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. I think like this, them kind of reconnect in um, this way. It, it kind of, I think this is probably more shocking than kind of you know what happens to Jesse. You know, like, it's like holy shit, this is kind of the thing that's happening again. I did not expect that. So um, yeah, I think it's it, it, it's interesting um, and and kind of unexpected and 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 kind of just like a, a moment of kind of levity and like I, just, <laughs> I love the the look on Walt Junior's face. Where he's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's really quite funny. It's um, it's not the greatest thing in the world to uh, come home or realize that your parents do things like that. So, um, I don't want to say we've all been there, but some of us maybe have. <laughs> it's it's not um, yeah, that's that's a, that's that's the Oz Network After Dark episode. If you sign up to our Patreon, we <laughs> we share our stories of childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> well, no, no one did. That's why we don't have any Patreons uh, at the time of recording this. One thing we did sign up for, though, is more of Brian Cranston's ass, which is always yes. a positive thing. Yep. Like we can never say no to Brian Cranston's ass, can we? So, no, we can't. We we cannot. Have we ever seen Aaron Paul's ass? I don't think so. See, that's. I think that's. that's I think what, that's that's uncharted territory. The one thing the show is missing is Aaron Paul's ass. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that sounds that I'm calling out for Aaron Paul's ass on screen. But um, I don't know. There's something about an actor I can imagine that just always is willing to get naked. I mean, we saw enough of Dylan Walters and uh, Julie McMahon's ass on Nick Tuck, right? So, like, I mean, they were perfectly fine showing their ass. <laughs> Whereas, like, it's where Brian Cranston's just like, yeah, get my ass out again. Why not? Um, let, yeah. Let's do it there. Um, he's back at the lab and he's dropping all the barrels of methylamine. So he... Chuck's a bit of a, a shitty at the camera. I'm done. I can't do this. I need my lab assistant. Um, he's laying around and he thinks Jesse's come back. Hooray. But no, it's not. It's uh, Is it Tyrus or Tyrese? How do I say it? I think it's Tyrus. Tyrus, Tyrus. I think. I could, Tyrus I could be is wrong. Back. Tyrus is back um, and uh, he's helping out. So, uh, yay for that. Uh, meanwhile, Mike and Jesse go to another pickup. Jesse gets left in the car alone and sees somebody walking towards him and thinks that somebody's basically there to, to kill him. So he reverses into him and, uh, well, when I say he thinks somebody's there to kill him, I guess this guy does have a shotgun in his hand. So <laughs> not just walking down the street for shits and gigs, carrying a gun. I mean, it is America, but anyway. Um, so he drives off, nearly kills this guy, and uh, I love Mike sort of on the phone, like, yeah, you need me to pick me up. Yes. Oh, never mind. And Jesse kind of just shows up and uh, there's Mike. Obviously, we're going to um, find out that this is maybe a bit of a setup. Spoiler alert. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's a bit of a action-packed scene, essentially. Kind of comes out of nowhere in some aspects. Um, and then we have... Actually, no, I'll cap it. You got anything? You got anything to add, kind of on this? I just, thought, I just scene. thought. Well, I just thought you know, like this kind of, you know, scene in an alleyway. I, I thought Jesse's parents might in, might turn up and get killed, and he'd become Batman. Like it, like I just <laughs> felt like, like kind of like a weird <laughs> kind of like alley. Yeah, this did feel like you know, like 
um, straight out of Gotham, the TV show or something like that. But um, yeah, I think it's just a, it's a nice little scene to to kind of like set Jesse up. And uh, one thing I really like about it is you know when Mike comes out and and you know sees him drive away and he kind of makes the call like I need picking up and and then Jesse pulls up beside him. I think is quite a quite a nice little way to kind of cap the scene. With the the scene before Walt and Jesse are back in the lab, so Walt's talking to Walt Junior, and is this just is this where he's talking about him moving back home and like Skylar's mentioned something to Walt Junior? Because I haven't written my notes down, and it's not on Breaking Bad Wiki, but I'm looking at the scene right now, and I don't think this is that memorable of a scene that we really need to talk about it. But um, I mean, Walt Junior's drinking out of a Benicky Fabrications mug, yeah. so yeah. Anything yeah, well, exciting is, here, or well, I think that's that's kind of like a nice little touch. Where it's like, oh, you're going to move back home, and right. you know, and Walt's happy for a moment, and then he sees him drinking out of the Benicky Fabrications mug, which I think is just like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just it's just a fun little scene, really. Like it's um, you know, like just a reminder for Walt that you know, not everything's going to be great. So yeah, I I think it's you know. Uh, is this the one where he kind of come, you know, like he's kind of breaking the ice literally, you know, like, and, and it's like, I've got, you know, like kind of talking about what happened and, and, you know, like I'm, we, we, you know, I'm, I've been picking up cash with Mike. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause Walt and, walks in and he hears yeah. like, you know, this banging noise and then you got Jesse, as you said, breaking the ice. So mm-hmm. it's just like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Jesse's basically saying what he was doing. Um, and yeah. And it's kind of saying that he doesn't really know what he was doing. And this is so – Gus is in this episode because this is where we see Gus and Mike basically. Because Walt – is this where Walt kind of says to Jesse that, hey, like it seems like a setup. Like doesn't that seem minor convenient um, that you got away yeah. so quickly? And then yes. we get the scene yeah. here where Gus and Mike are basically confirming that, that yes – this was a setup. He did everything right. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, again, back to kind of what I was saying before about how we get limited Gus, but when we do get him, it's, like, important and kind of, like, I just love Gus sort of pulling strings here, essentially, like, I'm going to test this kid because, yeah, Gus has never liked Jesse. Gus has never, ever, you know, he's always been a liability and he's really willing to kill him, but all of a sudden now it's kind of swaying the other way and we're going to get this season. It kind of almost, like, he just doesn't want Walt anymore. It's kind of he wants Jesse. So, and I guess that comes down to the fact that Gus can control Jesse, whereas Gus can't control Walt. So that's obviously like a a key thing. Well, and I think probably speaking to that kind of chess match analysis or analogy, sorry, um, that, you know, we kind of talked about that this is like a 13 episode chess match between kind of Gus and and Walt. And I guess what Gus is trying to do is, 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 you know, kind of pick up some of the pawns really like so that he's got more more pieces in the game than than Walt does. That he's always a couple of steps ahead of him. Um, So, yeah, I think it's I think that's just um, it's it's just good little setup, really. Um, And I think it's we're starting to get some complexities in the plot that we haven't had before um which is fun like we we are gonna have to keep up a whole lot more than we than we were before which i'm i'm excited about to be honest it's it's good the thing i really like just subtle little things you know you talk about how you like this sort of world and character building like i I kind of like subtle little scenes that they do to make it like realistic like there's this the moment sort of the way jesse's kind of talking to walt and he's kind of just got this look on his face and then he just he's like he's done talking so he just puts his headphones back in and just kind of has this look on his face it's kind of i don't know it just feels very just grown up and the way jesse kind of does it and then i also love just the introduction with gus like how you just got gus carrying out a bag of trash essentially and he just kind of looks over and there's mike just sitting there like you know he's this massive drug kingpin who keeps up this front of working at a fast food restaurant and tell you that trash. like i'm sure you've worked plenty of retail jobs in your life and you always had to do the trash and you just you'd always have those moments like why am i doing this i'm just fucking yeah. carrying trash out to the back what the fuck am i doing here <laughs> i'm making 15 bucks an hour like jesus i'm you know i just i just kind of like the way they sort of do it it's just so you know obscure basically the way he's kind of doing it too but one thing i i will say that like i remember when i watched this couple of months ago when I was sort of doing my speed rewatch before doing this is like, I remember I had to rewind this scene a few times because it just kind of it dragged out so much. I'm like, what's going on? But now that I sit here and watching notes and kind of remembering what happens, like I really love this sequence at the end here where we've got a family dinner. We're with Hank and just kind of having a fun old chat around the table. Poor old Walt is just dead bored. It's kind of like Walt from the very beginning of Breaking Bad, isn't it? Like kind of, he's just, he feels, you know, in, obscure and just kind of just insignificant he's going through a bottle of wine so he goes to the kitchen gets another bottle of wine he's about to polish this bottle of wine off in the kitchen by himself before hank calls him what does he call him nick the greek yeah (laughs) it's kind of and this is that one you pointed out i think a week or two ago about all the purple 
got the purple bottle opener, purple everything in this kitchen, which kind of say purple's probably like my second favorite color behind red. I actually really like it. I love all this purple color stuff. I think it looks really cool. Um, don't know if I'd go that far whenever I design my own home one day, but this is a, a pretty cool scene where Hank's essentially saying that, yeah, Heisenberg, we got him. He's dead. I'm a bit sad that I I didn't get him, but hey, cool, time to move on. And just Walt essentially goats him into continuing to find him because this is Walt basically wanting to take credit. Here's his great drug kingpin who is basically still not getting any credit for all this great work that he's done. Still, he's under all the effort that he's done to everything that he's done to get to this point. And no, even that is essentially back to the very beginning of Breaking Bad when he was just insignificant Walt. So he's basically like... Yeah, no, I looked at the lab notes. That guy's no genius. It just looked like he was doing work. I think the real genius is still out there. So maybe you should keep investigating, which, again, might seem stupid because at the end of the day, he's getting away with it. But hey, no, Walt wants a challenge, clearly. And the next morning, Hank essentially is back to looking at notes again. And this is pretty much the only resolution we ever really get, isn't it, from Hank and Marie's kind of little standoff, like kind of Hank kind of being a bit nice now and like, hey, sorry for the mess and sorry for this. And it's kind of a nice little scene between the two of them. It's sort of, yeah, Hank's been a massive dick to Marie, but it's kind of just a nice little resolution that they have. And Hank comes up with a big sort of plot twist. Ooh, like what's going to happen here? He's looking through all the photos and we get a, hmm. And Marie's like, oh, what's that mean? It's like, well... You know, Gail is very much a vegan and very into natural foods and everything. So why the hell would he be eating fried chicken? And we see a photo of the Los Polos Hermanos napkin with a phone number written on it. Dun, 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 plot twist. Maybe Mr. Fring isn't so perfect and meticulous. So, yeah, I, I, I never liked this scene, but now I love this scene. I just think it just it's long, but it's tension. Like... I just love that Walt is just so cocky in himself all of a sudden now where he's just like, nah, you haven't caught the real guy. You should keep looking. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, just, like, it's great. It's ballsy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so important. Like, the scene is it's kind of one of those ones that just like, you know, next episode we're going to be talking about an incredibly kind of um, famous, you know, scene from the show that is, you know, one of the most quoted, if not the most quoted. Whereas this one is kind of, I, I don't think it's really remembered, but it's so critical because like, it's basically, you know, like if Walt doesn't do this, then potentially, you know, like that, that's it. Like Hank just doesn't really ever follow up. And I think it really, really speaks to, you know, one of the big issues with, with who Walt is that he's a very prideful man. And, you know, it kind of goes back to like, he wouldn't accept money from, you know, Elliot and Gretchen, which, you know, would have, would have solved a lot of problems. He wouldn't have had to go into this life if he had just taken their money, but he was too prideful to do that. So I think it just, it really connects back with like, you know, his, one of his biggest character flaws and Walt has a lot of character flaws, but you know, this is one of the biggest ones is that, he has too much pride he's too proud to um you know and he doesn't want somebody else taking kind of credit for the work that he has done you know um and it's ridiculous like he could just lay low and and problem solved um and it also just kind of speaks to like um this you know this kind of breaking bad 101 book i've got made this point that you know walt's also like he's a bit of a he's a bit of a lightweight when it comes to being under the influence and he and hmm. we've got a bit of a pattern of this guy who often you know has a bit too much to you know or has, you know, is under the influence of something and he and he reveals things and that kind of goes back to you know that infamous scene from fly where he almost tells jesse about jane because he's had the sleeping pills and then of course when he you know um talks about the second cell phone when he's kind of under the anesthetic um so it's a bit of a hallmark of this character that you know like when he's under the influence of something he kind of says a bit more than he really should um and i think just like you can just see skylar's reaction to this it's like holy shit yeah. like, why are you doing this like so i think that like this is one of those ones that's like an a, a like an absolute turning point for the show, and it almost is one that people forget. And so, you know, the, uh, our our friends at the Vulture magazine or whatever the hell it is to say this is the worst episode. Well, it's got one of the most pivotal scenes in the entire series, in it, in my opinion. And that doesn't mean it's a good or bad scene, but it is so important to have this here because this is kind of what carries us through. You know, the, the rest of the show really like is that you know like this is what carries Hank forward. Um, and oh, I just think it's so good. It is just so amazing um and I, I can't say enough good things about it and i think one of the things that i love about it is that it is just kind of forgotten it's not one that people think about over and over again as a great scene i don't think we're going to be talking about this in our top five but what an important scene it is 
I think that, yeah, I mean, I've marked down sort of top five just with, a, you know, because, again, there's always got to have, you know, potential nominations. As, as we've said a few times with this season that we've probably got four guaranteed moments that will be in there no matter what. So it's just going to come down to that fifth one. I would argue that the whole scene we had from, you know, the who do you think WW could be is more iconic because it's shown more. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. This is, you know, great. And, like, we'll get to obviously – yeah, as you said, maybe the most quoted scene of in the history of Breaking Bad next week. But, um, yeah, this is arguably more important than that scene. If that, you know, I mean, I know this scene kind of leads to that scene. But, um, mm. yeah, but um, I guess without without this scene, you wouldn't have what we're going to get next week. So, yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, there we go. That is, uh, that is Shotgun. Um, do we have any interesting trivia? Uh, the episode title Shotgun is referenced to both Jesse riding shotgun with Mike and the shotgun the attacker is holding when approaching Jesse. Thanks for that. Um, there's a slight reference to the pilot episode of the show. At the table, Hank says, I've got your wipe down right here and grabs his crotch. You're straight on right here. Um, th- this is very similar to what Walter said and did to Bogdan as he was leaving the job. Um, mentions about fallacies. Yeah, we've got a couple of that this episode. Um. Yeah, not a not a whole lot really extra on that one. Um, ratings, Nick. Uh, as I said, I'll just quickly mention the Ringer. Yeah, sixty out of sixty-two. Don't know what's wrong with you, the Ringer. Uh, and I just want to say right now that I've I've changed my rating talking about this episode. So I'll, I'll, I might as well say I'm just going to jump into right now. I've I was going to rent this episode, but talking about this episode has made me like it more. So um, I've I've switched that to a buy. So um, yeah, the power of podcasting an episode uh, because I just I don't know like that last scene is great. Again, it's an episode which kind of like the last few weeks. There's nothing wrong with the episode, and the the montage, the speed up montage. I'm with you. Like it's one of the best ones we've had. I kind of like the relationship we get with Mike and Jesse. I the I mean even the randomness of of Walt and um, Skylar having sex kind of it just it kind of just works. I don't know. And, I yeah, like Walter Jr.'s facial reaction and the opening of it, the tension, the one Gus scene. Like, there's, again, nothing wrong with this episode. Uh, and I will say, though, that I have got this ranked 28th. So I've got this as my lowest buy. But uh, that's just because I did sneak it just in from a rent to a buy. So I feel that's valid that I put it uh, 28th between green light. So just below green light and just above mass. So there you go. Yeah, well, I'm buying it as well, and I think you know potentially without that final scene, it's it, it's a rent. Like I think it's 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 a fun episode. There's some good stuff in it. Um, but you know what pushes it over to being a really really good episode for me is that final scene. You know, I think it is just so good. Um, to the point where I've actually got this at 19 on my wow. list. Um, so I've got it. I've got it pretty pretty high. Um, so I've got it just sitting behind uh, cats in the bag, but before um, bullet points, which was last week's episode. And I think that probably speaks to the fact. That but I think it's where it's quite a consistent season at the moment. Like everything's kind of in and around the same space at the moment. So um, I haven't had too many kind of crack our top 10 yet um, from, from season four, but you know, like there's nothing that's kind of near the bottom really um, except for 38 snub, you know, everything else has been like a really solid episode. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's worth watching just for that final scene alone, but there's a lot of other fun stuff in, in and around it too. So yeah, I, I have absolutely no, no qualms recommending this and, and making it a buy next week cornered which as we've said a few times may be the most famous scene in breaking Bad. if not the most famous scene the most quoted scene there, there are two famous walt quotes that are always said and this is one of them maybe more famous than the one that we're going to get oh i don't know they're, they're on par with each other but the thing with this one is i always forget that this is the episode because it, it, it's literally at the beginning of the episode. We're still, I think, the credits on the screen when this ep- this scene happens and it's kind of, it just comes out of nowhere, which I think is what makes the the scene so good is that kind of, at least with the other really famous one next season, you kind of feel it's building up to something. Whereas this one, it just, it just kind of comes out of nowhere and just Brian Krantz is incredible. But I mean, even outside that, this episode is known for one scene, but I think there's some other great stuff. I love the the Jesse and Mike stuff kind of going around to random house with the the meth heads. I, I I love that. I love the Bogdan stuff next week as well that we kind of get there as well. And I actually really love there's a there's a Skylar scene that I love in this episode too. So yeah, it's a, it's another really good episode next week. There's um Spade Cam, which I love. Oh um, yes. Yes, I love yeah, that. Yeah. 
so so yeah i i think next episode is fantastic um and and yeah there's no I don't think there'd be much argument about it. I think probably what's interesting is, yeah, obviously we're going to talk about that really, really famous scene. Um, but it, I mean, that goes without saying that that's already going to be in our top five. I would imagine just oh God, because yeah. of it's because it's so iconic. But what's going to be interesting to talk about is like, what does the rest of the episode look like? And you've already just talked about some of the high points to it. Of like, is this a great episode? you know because of that or is it a great episode in spite of it and what i mean is that there is so much other good stuff as well that it's not just all hanging off one scene so um i think we're probably already shown a hand a wee bit but yeah i think there's i think there's plenty to talk about besides that scene um but i'm look, i'm really looking forward to talking about that scene of course i think the the beauty of the episode is you're right like it's 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 known for one scene but i would argue that I mean, I'm not saying to the super, super Breaking Bad fans, you probably know every single episode back to front so they would know it straight away. But if if you went to, say, someone like me, who's kind of loves this show but isn't completely obsessed, if you said, okay, Ben, what episode is the episode where Gus slits the guy's throat? Oh, the, the premiere episode. You know, what's the episode where the body falls through the floor? Oh, the second episode of the first season. Like, you would be able to say it. If you said to me, Ben, what is the episode with the um, I Am the Danger speech in it? You'd be like, oh... Yeah, I think it's in season four, but I can't remember the episode. Like that's oh, I the think thing. that's it. It's, yeah, it's not even like what what episode. I think most people wouldn't even be able to tell you what season it's from. You know, like yeah. your casual fans, um, because it does kind of come a little bit out of nowhere. Um, you know, like it's, it probably feels a little bit early for a lot of people in terms of where the show's at, which is what is really interesting about it. But yeah, it, it, it is just such a great, powerful scene um, that yeah, it's it's going to be fun to kind of unpack it. Well, we're going to be doing that next week. In the meantime, if you want to stay up to date with everything to do with the Oz Network, listen at the end and tell you how to do so. And, of course, we've got some other great shows, 24 Lost. They're happening around uh, about now as well, so uh, tune into those. And if you've missed any of these episodes and you want to go back and listen to them, maybe you've just discovered us, all of them are available at theoznetwork.net. Subscribe, all the good podcast channels and the bad ones too. I think they probably have us as well. So uh, find them and, and listen because that's what we're saying you should do. My name is Ben, and I am not the guy. And my name's Nick, and I also started Time My Own Shoelaces all by myself. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.